Hey guys, welcome to the Wrestling Escape Pod and welcome to this very special episode. This was voted for by you guys and we are going to be talking about one of the hottest topics in all of wrestling in recent times, the Firefly Funhouse. Big, big shout out to my good friend, my co-host with the most, Tommy Toy Travel. Hello everybody. Happy days. Yes, great. There we go. <laughs> hey, can we get an update on the windows before we get stuck into anything? Uh, it's kind of falling down over there. So what people... talking about? The window's falling down. No, 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 no. no. no the, right. uh, <laughs> the okay, right. Oh, wrap. So uh, uh, people might be able to see a little something if like they upscale the image and, and yeah. enhance, but we'll, we'll yeah. see if there are... people are people are doing that as we are speaking right now. Yeah, because you know, as the sun goes down later, it's just going to give more visuals to what is out there. I, I, one, one day we have got to, got to find out what is through the window. I can, t I think there's a tree. I honestly think there's a tree that looks like leaves to me. The I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Tree confirmed. Tree confirmed. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. I don't. I, don't. I think it's a tree. Oh, right. Best episode ever already. <laughs> Boom. We're starting off. Big reveal. Yeah, big reveal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Well, there we go. We're already talking about Tommy and his fun house. Uh, and uh, before we started recording, I did show Tommy. I want to show uh, everyone in the, the community as well. Obviously, not brilliant when it's, it's a podcast. But if you are watching this on YouTube, check out this official Tommy Toy Travels T-shirt. Yeah? Not easy to say when you've had a few beers, but there we go. Look, Tommy Toy Travels T-shirt. Look at that. Yes, Are, they available? Are they available still? No, no, I don't think so. No, so I think no, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you well, look at it in a week, guys. Yeah, for you listeners on Apple Podcasts who can't witness this shirt visually. It, it, shout out to all of you. Yeah, imagine the most beautiful shirt you've ever seen. But there's only one, and Days has it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I should say it's white, and it's got um, a black outline of uh, Tommy uh, as his. Uh, well, yeah. is it like your YouTube? It looks like you're talking into the microphone right now. But is it your uh, YouTube like alter ego? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. Because so. I kind of feel. I kind of feel like whenever I look at this. It reminds me of you when you wore the wig. Yes. Yes. So I'm very I'm very much seeing that, Tommy. So that's there the we go. One. Loving it. Loving it. Right. Well, let's get into the show anyway. Uh, let's get yes. into the Firefly Fun House. Now, I've got a little bit of this is a really difficult one for me because this has been such a big topic and it's been such a big thing that we've been talking about on the Wrestling Days channel that um, I honestly don't know what new information I could bring to that community. I kind of feel like just going back through the history and talking about the history, talking about the impact it had, talking about those early episodes. I think there's an awful lot in that. And I think it's going to be really interesting as well, because am I right in thinking you've only recently seen the episodes? Yes. If it weren't for your audience, you guys oh. uh, listening or watching, I would have not watched any Firefly Funhouse. 
Well, there we go. Wow. Okay. So this is what I'm saying. This is going to be very interesting because I've seen it since it first aired. I can obviously tell you like my relationship with it and some cool stories and stuff like that, but it's going to be really interesting to get your perspective on it as well. Um, I've got some background um, on Bray. So is it worth starting there? Yeah. Start wherever you yeah. want. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll race through the background just to kind of paint the backstory because I think there could be some people listening that obviously don't know about the Furnace. Um, I'm going to be talking primarily to them right now. So people that don't know about the history of the Furnace, people that don't know about maybe Bray's history, I'm not going to try and spend too long on this. I'm going to try and race through it as quick as I can. Be so, um, here we go. Here we go. Bit of history days, nice and early. Uh, so Wyndham... Lawrence Rotunda was born on the 23rd of May in 1987. His grandfather is Black Jack Mulligan. His father is Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. I.R.S. Okay. And his brother is Bo Dallas. Um, he started wrestling. Uh, I think it was around about 2000 in the 2000s. But in 2010 to 2011, he actually was on NXT as Husky Harris. Uh, now, these are very important details. There's reasons why I'm telling you all of this. There's a reason why all of this needs to be mentioned. So he was Husky Harris between 2010 2011 now that character didn't work out so uh what they did was they went uh in a different direction they put him back down into developmental and he uh found a new gimmick a new character called bray wyatt now this character came along in april 2012 and at first he was kind of aligning himself with Eli Cottonwood. Now, I didn't know anything about Eli Cottonwood, but apparently he was like seven foot tall. He was on the second season of NXT um, and he was a big future prospect, but he actually didn't stick around for very long. I think by um, June of that year, I think he had gone. So um, he, he really wasn't around very long. So what they did was they gave uh, Bray Rowan and harper and they built this wyatt family uh, and in june of 2012 he actually made his debut on nxt when he beat aiden english um and obviously he had the wyatt family at this point uh by july of 2013 he was making his debut on raw he attacked kane uh fast forward i mean obviously there's tons of stuff that happens but we, we really can't cover everything so he debuts on Raw in 2013. By 2017, he wins the WWE Championship. He won it at Elimination Chamber. He loses it to Randy Orton at WrestleMania 33. Um, he gets a rematch, uh, which is a House of Horrors match, which is a very interesting match because it's a match that takes place inside of this abandoned, scary house. Uh, it really does show the darker side of uh, Bray Wyatt. I mean, I think there is only a dark side to Bray Wyatt, his promos, the Wyatt family, the uh, sister Abigail, you know, all of this kind of imagery. Uh, he's always been on the darker side of things. Uh, but the House of Horrors was a very scary match uh, that he has against Randy Orton. Um, but because he had changed brands, that rematch was not for the title. So he never actually got a title rematch. So he gets moved over to a different brand. He's over on Raw. 
um, and uh, he starts a feud with Matt Hardy. That leads to the ultimate deletion. So this is another very interesting match. It was done, I believe, at the Hardy Compound, um, very much like the final deletion match that's out there, uh, and one that you guys should definitely check out if you've not seen. It was on March 19th, 2018 so he has this uh ultimate deletion match against matt hardy the end of that match he gets thrown into the lake of reincarnation and then he isn't seen for a while when he returns at wrestlemania 34 he helps matt hardy and for the first time in his career he is a fan favorite he returns as a face so that lake of reincarnation really did change him so that's quite a big moment in this story um him and matt continue to team together uh as the deleter of worlds and then in july of 2018 due to injuries the team has to disband okay now that is it that is that is where we get to that is the bray wyatt story now obviously there's tons of stuff in there that we haven't covered but we've touched the big points if you will um and uh he's he's gone for a, quite a while we don't actually see him again until the end of the year um he comes back at starcade which i want to say is around november time in 2018 but he's exactly the same he comes out with the lantern the fireflies the same music everything's the same so it's a little bit bizarre uh we don't really know what to expect um in december he deletes all of his tweets he deletes absolutely all of his tweets. There's only one tweet that is on his Twitter account in December. Um, and it says, today, I am someone different. Today, I have finally become who I really am. And what is really interesting here, and this is what I'm hoping people that know loads about the Firefly Funhouse might find interesting as well. His profile picture, when he sent that out, was the Joker from the new 52 comics now we now know that the fiend mask is based on that and go back all the way to december 2018 and it is so interesting to see that his profile picture was the joker it was someone wearing a joker mask which honestly some people might already know i had no idea that was his profile picture at the time he was sending us a message that this was coming all the way back in December of 2018. There were some uh, deleted tweets as well. And again, these are really important because um, at the beginning of the Funhouse, we didn't actually know what it was about. It's very unsettling. You can't tell where it is. You don't know if it's a mental thing, if it's a physical thing. Um, and something that really shaped early theories was these deleted tweets. So I'm going to just quickly read these out for you. So I've, I've got them. I've managed to find them on the internet. So these are tweets that um, Bray had sent out in around about October of 2018. So uh, this first one says, day 23, the subject is showing signs of progress. At times, violent outbursts are commonplace. Spewing threats at our staff in multiple languages and reciting passages from the bible that was on october 14th uh, next one pulled a nail from his cell he was attempting to repent through torture uh, masochistic tendencies 
Next one, Mercy PhD. Some of the staff are apathetic to his situation, others intrigued. Then there are others like me that are teetering on the verge of obsession. And the location is put as the Orleans Parish. That was also in October. Um, and the final one, day three. Subject believes God, as well as several other entities, are speaking to him directly. They give him a scapegoat for seven dot, dot, dot. It just trails off. Pray that after so many treatments, he will be free of this affliction once and for all. Sincerely, Dr. M. Um, and so that's where we get to. So those are the deleted tweets from October. He deletes everything. There's that one tweet that's left in December. We don't hear of anything until April. And in April, the first vignette arrives. Mercy the Buzzard, which I'm not sure if you've seen this. You may have. Mercy the Buzzard popping out of the box and just some sinister music playing in the background. Um, it's a very short little clip. Um, no one knew what it, what it was about. I think the next week we get Sister Abigail on a chair. We see a doll's house, loads of toys on the floor. And then you've just got Sister Abigail puppet on a chair or Abby the Witch, as she's now known, uh, on a chair rocking back and forth. Uh, and there's like laughter and everything. And again, we didn't know what it was leading to. I think they were around for a few weeks. And then we get episode one of the Funhouse. So I think this brings us nicely to yourself, who has um, only recently seen those uh, episodes. So you can kind of give us that initial reaction, your initial thoughts on the Funhouse. All right. So first things first, uh, I do want to thank you for doing that, especially for me, because you always ignite my passion for wrestling that I'm not interested in. And I want to thank you for that because it's always cool hearing you talk. Uh, you're very eloquent and you get the point across quickly. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be podcasting with you. So enough of these nice moments. We're talking about uh, the Firefly Funhouse. So uh, one thing you might not know about me is that I actually did an unboxing on my YouTube channel of Batman Death of the Family featuring a joker mask so i knew right away what that was right right and brilliant i actually read the book so i can i can tell you a little bit of that it, it was basically joker had someone surgically remove his face it didn't say why it didn't really it was just like joker's so insane he got someone to remove his face and then he like basically spread it back out on his uh, uh non-flesh or whatever is underneath your face and uh that's what the mask was of and it was a pretty good comic i i recommend it to anyone interested in batman you know it's good stuff um so right away when i saw bray in that mask i was like yikes that's so on the nose couldn't they have done anything differently because when i was initially interested in bray wyatt and the wyatt family it was right when i was out of art school and a lot of times people in the film department, they love getting like going into the woods with animal masks and doing like weird artsy shots and dumb stuff. So the joke was always like, yo, they're just art students. So I thought it was fun. But I, I did enjoy the aspect of the character being a little 
paranormal, a little different. And I'm, I am someone that is into horror and the genre of horror. So I'm always kind of excited about that. But I feel like the first question I had for you is uh, why do people like the Firefly Funhouse segments? Uh, why do they like them? Yes. Uh, did you not? Did it not resonate? Oh, I love it this. Ah, oh, this is brilliant. <laughs> this is brilliant. Oh, this is brilliant. This is brilliant because I I like them. Yeah. I like them. You didn't. You didn't like them. I, so I we, like... this is proper yin and yang. Yeah, that's why I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad. Not why? Because it's like everyone expected us to be like, yo, it's so good. But I'm just like, it was all right. No, everyone expects us to be real. Okay. All right. Everyone expects us to be real. Everyone expects us to be real. Everyone expects us to be honest. And um, if 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 it didn't, I mean, like, this is really interesting because you've just watched it and that's your, that no one's influenced you. No one's swayed you or anything like you've sat there, you've watched it and you've not had the same reaction. You see, for me, the, the reason why the Funhouse worked was because we, we didn't know where it was leading. I think there was a lot of goodwill towards Bray because Bray is someone that we've always wanted to see succeed because I think we all loved his gimmick before. And, and it always felt like when he got to the dance, he was always getting beaten. So he'd get to WrestleMania, he'd lose to John Cena. He'd face The Undertaker after the streak had ended. He would lose to The Undertaker at WrestleMania. You know, he was always getting there, but never getting what he deserved. Even when he got the title, he only held it for like a month or so and then lost it at WrestleMania. So everyone like constantly wanted Bray to succeed. Um, and he was never getting the opportunities that that we felt he deserved him. Everyone wanted him to be the new face of fear. Everyone wanted him to be the new Undertaker because we could all see the Undertaker was on the decline. Well, who's going to take that spot? Well, well, here's Bray, leader. And so um, it felt like with the family and the fire light, fireflies and all the lights in the crowd, it's like, here he is. Here he is. This is the guy. This is the guy. There's no one else that's doing this kind of thing. So everyone wanted him to succeed. He didn't succeed. And then he ended up going away. So when he came back, there was a lot of excitement as to what's he going to come back with? How are they going to repackage him? You know, are they going to finally give him that push? So when he came back with vignette, you know, it wasn't just a a, a graphic saying Bray Wyatt back next week. It was actually a, a vignette. And not just any vignette, but something that we've never seen before. This was Mr. Rogers. But you, from, from the first moment that, that we saw it, we knew there was a darker side. We knew there was something else because this is Bray. Bray's, Bray's not going to be repackaged as Mr. Rogers just coming down, you know, uh, love your neighbor, all that kind of stuff. So you knew there was a darker side to it. So when a large part of the success of the Furnace is people trying to figure out what is going on because a lot of early theories was that because of those deleted tweets the fun house was in his mind it was all in his mind this is this is his safe space in his head because in reality he is locked in one of those mental asylums and he is about to be released that's where he's been for six months he's been locked away he's been looked after there's tweets telling us subject believes God as well as several other entities speak and all this. 
So, and now all of a sudden he's back with a, with a fun house. So the belief was that it was all in his head. Not that he'd actually built this studio and he was doing puppets. And then all of a sudden he's talking about destroying his old self where he cuts the cuts up the cardboard standee. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, Huskus the pig boy, uh, who is a reference to Husky Harris, his old character from NXT, which is why we mentioned Husky Harris. You've got Mercy the buzzard, who's named after Waylon Mercy. And again, we really need to talk about him because that is a that's a very important aspect. Abby the witch is obviously Sister Abigail. There's one point where Vince arrives as well uh rambling rabbit we believe is a reference yes devil vince devil vince uh rambling rabbit we believe is a reference to his old promo style where he would talk a lot but not make a great deal of sense well certainly not at the time i think you can go back and look at some of those promos now and take a few bits from them when he talks about abby um, because Sister Abigail really is a subject people are very fascinated in. Um, and, yeah, there was just all these different images. I mean, even when he paints the painting, the image he's painted is of the uh, fire at his compound. Um, and that fire was caused by Randy Orton. Uh, Randy Orton actually went round to the Wyatt family compound and actually set it on fire, burnt it to the ground. It's It's a big moment in the history of Bray Wyatt um because uh, apparently like sister abigail's soul was destroyed her ashes were underneath the compound and you know randy orton wasn't just destroying bray's house i'm guessing it's his house wasn't just destroying his house but you know like the spirit of sister abigail and all of this so how interesting that in episode two the painting he does is is of that fire and you can see her in the window in the painting so this is what i'm saying if you watch it without all of that context without all of that backstory you are missing out on i would say the, the majority of the intrigue but even if you do watch it with all of that backstory i dare say there's still people out there that still were like nah this isn't for me i do also feel like i was missing something because i didn't have the contrast or the juxtaposition of it in the middle of a wrestling show and I do really like the idea of a show within a show, and I thought that was a really cool concept. But it, I do not think that the best way to have watched it was all in one chunk because it was just right. a lot of the same thing and just being like, all right, all right, okay. Because yeah. like right. the first segment, I was like, this is great. But then it kept going and kept going and kept going. I was like, Oof. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, can, I can definitely understand that. I can definitely understand that. I think that if you are watching it um, in that way, then it, it is going to have diminishing returns because, of course, we were we were waiting each week, and it was it, a lot of the excitement was what is he going to do this week? Mm-hmm. What what hidden messages are they going? Everyone was looking for theories, hidden messages. Social media was buzzing about, and the characters were slowly introduced. You know, we didn't get them all at the same time. You know, Rambling Rabbit appeared in one episode, Huskus in a different one, Devil Vince in a different one, Fiend in a different one. So it, it, the the elements kind of were fed in, if you will. And then on top of that, you know, there's it, even silly little things like throughout the Fernhouse, there's several points where he actually uses um, words from a different language. I think he says bonjour in one uh, and, like, you know, just different foreign words. And again, straight away, you go back to those deleted tweets 
where it says, you know, subject talks in multiple different languages. And, and so it felt at the time very much like that was his way of saying to his fans that had stuck with him, this is, this is, this is what's going on, guys. Do you know what I mean? Like I, those so tweets, it, I, it was a lot deeper than I witnessed. Yes. Is what I'm getting. Yes. <laughs> I yes. just saw like the surface of the iceberg. Yes. I, I, I think the, there is a lot of depth um, to this. Um, and I think that has been uh, really the whole, in a way, you know, wrestling has sort of uh, taken those concepts and absolutely run with them in uh, 2020. Liv Morgan uh, went away for a little while. And while she was gone, she was sending out a lot of very cryptic tweets, things like my, you can't see my deepest scars and, you know, things like this all on Twitter, just things that really got people talking and people have got themselves so convinced. And I'll admit I was, I was part of that. Um, people were so convinced she was going to be part of the funhouse because it, it was just so cryptic and, the way she was talking and everything she was putting out there, it was like she's going to come in as a new character. She's going to be Sister Abigail. She's going to be Abby the Witch. They're going to bring her back as the female element of the Funhouse. And and they didn't. They actually brought her back in some lesbian love angle, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lana, Lana, I miss you, Lana. I miss you, Lana. Yeah, yeah that's right. And then, like, next week it was like, just JK, guys, we're not uh, – oops. I tell you, people love Liv Morgan as well. Um, I, I don't know if it's that they feel sorry for her, that she's had to go through like such awful creative uh, or, or, or quite what it is. But um, certainly for that period, they felt that she was going to be a part of the finance. But it, honestly, it took her to the next level because before when she was just on the show, people didn't really care. When she went, she got more over not wrestling and sending out tweets she got more she was trending at times because of her tweets uh, shot more over by not wrestling and um then when she came back people really wanted to see her succeed and people have stuck with her even now she's she gets great support so um i think there's a lot in that teasing there's a smackdown hacker at the moment that we're seeing with yeah. glitches and who is the hacker and i know that mystery has been a big part in wrestling for a long time. Mm -hmm. I really feel that the Funhouse took it to you know a, a different level. The, I tell you what, the Funhouse did. It embraced social media. It took what's been in wrestling for a long time, but it also brought in elements of social media because Bray was sending out tweets, and um, we 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 know that the mask was made by Tom Savini and uh, his studio, and so you know there's there's people that work for him from his studio that's sending out their own little teases as well so it, it, it's really been brought into the modern era if you will so um i i yeah i really do feel like that's a big part of the success of the fun house um which which bits of the fun house really stuck out to you when you watched them was there any element she was like oh that was that was great or that was absolutely awful what was the was there a real highlight, low light, or was everything just really in the middle? Uh, well, I'll say what I didn't like. They put like a TV filter over it. Um, okay. I, and didn't, I didn't even notice that. I didn't like that. I didn't like when they cut to crowd shots because it took me out of the, the whole oh, show within that. a show. Yeah, so I dumb. That. It's like, oh, great. I'm really glad to be watching someone filming this on their cell phone rather than seeing this. 
Um, and yeah, I don't know. Those two things were really stuck out with me because they frustrated me so much. Um, yeah. But what I liked was just, as I said, the show within a show concept. Wrestling's a, a great place to do it because a character could be a character on a TV show. And I did like that idea of, is it actually a show? Or what's going on here? Like, is this going to? But when they would show those crowd shots, it would it would break that. Mm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I think the crowd shot, because what was amazing was every time they showed the crowd shots, there was at least a couple of people that just didn't seem interested. A couple yeah. of kids that are just like looking around on the barricade, not even looking at the screen. But I mean, the thing is, you got to remember that people are going to the shows not, not to really watch the screen. They're going to see their heroes in person, you know? So yeah. us at home was looking forward to it. And, you know, it's great for us. But I can imagine that you know, you might be a little bit less enthusiastic if you're actually at the building because you're waiting to see, is the Fiend actually going to show up in person, uh, let alone mm. watching the screen? So 99%, 99.9 were watching the screen, but you all, for some reason, they always chose the camera angle where there was at least one person that just wasn't interested in the slightest and just like... <laughs> yeah. So I agree. I, I thought that was stupid. I, didn't, I had no idea why they did that. Um, i got to tell you the story of when I saw the Fiend. Um, I was actually at uh, the O2 Arena because the a week that we got the Fiend reveal episode, episode four, uh, the week that we got that, it was at the o I was at the O2 Arena, and I never go to the shows, but I was very fortunate, very very fortunate enough to be invited by someone from WWE in the UK. Um, they actually said, you know, come on down, and you know, it'd be great like for you to uh, meet up with a few people and whatever. Um, because they'd se they'd seen like the channel and the toy hunts and things like that, and they knew I had a relationship with Mattel, so they were like, "Yeah, come on down." So um, it's the only reason I went. If I hadn't been invited, I, I wouldn't have gone. I would have done a, a stream, a watch along, um, but that was why I went. And it just so happened that was the week we saw the Fiend. So I was sat inside the O2 Arena in London. Funhouse comes on. Really looking forward to it, and they actually recorded it. Because I thought, well, I definitely, I'm going to want to talk about this because we were like, I was invested in it. The community were invested in it. So I knew we were going to talk about it. So I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll record it and then at least I can watch it back later and then pick out the points. And because at first you just want to watch it and enjoy it. So I actually had my phone and I'm sat in the arena and I'm actually recording the screen, uh, the Titan Tron, recording the episode. And um, it, it's, it's one of the most amazing moments of my life, which, which sounds absolutely ridiculous, right? But I'm actually in the O2 arena on my own. I didn't know anyone there. I had one ticket. I went on my own. I'm sat there on my own, and I'm recording this screen as it's happening. And, and you, like, the weeks previous, we just had, you know, for an whatever, whatever. And he goes, do you want to know my secret? And then the music's like, down, 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 down. And he turns around and all the puppets are like all shocked and everything. And everything's like getting all dark and moody. And you're like, is it now? Are we, we going to see this dark? Because like we've been saying there's a dark side coming. There's got to be. There's no way he's only Mr. Rogers. And it's like, is it now? What's it going to be? And the thing was, because it was in London, it was not live. I was, I was one of the first people to see that. Right, and I'm not saying that as a gloat. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it as a gloat. Right? I'm literally just saying it as, uh, <laughs> as I was sitting there. I knew no one had seen this yet. Like I couldn't go onto the internet and go, guys, what did you think? No one had seen it, 
I was in London. It wasn't going to be shown for another few hours on, on TV in America or and in the UK. So I'm sat there as this thing's happening and I'm filming it. And it's like, and then you've got the fiend and it's like, yeah, we will. We, it's like, oh, this is one of the best things I've ever seen. Like the, Bray Wyatt, the guy that we've been waiting to get to the mountaintop, the guy that we've been hoping that they're going to push, the guy that we've been waiting to get opportunity. It's just a vignette after vignette after vignette. And now here is this thing. Oh. So I ran outside. I ran outside the building. And there is a video on my YouTube channel of me just filming myself not knowing what to do. I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know what to do. I, I was like, should I leave now? I don't need that. There is nothing else I need to see. Well, I can't put this footage up because I can't spoil it and I don't want to spoil it. But I've got to talk about this. This is one of, this is huge. This is beyond. People are going to, when people see this, they are going to lose their minds. I went onto Twitter and I said, when you see tonight's episode, you are going to lose your freaking mind uh, and i did this video i'm like you're gonna lose your mind there's no one else to say <laughs> just, i needed to get the message out you're gonna lose your mind um and so yeah the, that video went up onto youtube uh, it's literally a few minutes of me freaking out losing my mind telling you you're gonna lose your mind uh and i sent the tweet out as well saying you're gonna lose your mind and i sent that out and i, I ended up going back in and i can't even remember what happened in the rest of the show i can't remember the, the rest of the show was completely irrelevant completely irrelevant I just remember like leaving going, Yowie, wowie. <laughs> Yowie, wowie. As, uh, I, uh, uh, I'm getting worked up now. The hype was real, man. So, yeah, I, I, I was genuinely excited. And um, obviously, it all built up and it built up towards him um, making his in ring debut, which I did. A, a, he did around about July time. He attacked Finn Balor. Um, you know, Bala was in the ring. The lights slowly started to close down, lock down. And then uh, I think when they came back on, he was in the ring. The Fiend was actually in the arena. Um, and uh, he went after Finn Bala. And that made a lot of sense. I should just quickly say why that made sense. Those two, uh, Bray and Bala, had had a feud. And the feud hadn't finished. Um, because um, I can't remember. I think it was I think it was Bray that fell ill. Because I think we were meant to get a TLC, Finn Balor versus Bray. I think this was 2017. Finn Balor versus Bray at TLC. But Bray fell ill, and uh, it ended up being Finn Balor versus AJ Styles. Oh, that was such a good match. Yeah, and it was a great match. You're absolutely yeah. right. It was a great match. So, um, uh, and, and uh, interesting point on that. I'm sure people in the chat are already uh, shouting this out. But in the, I don't know if it was the go home episode, but um, it's the only time we had seen it. But uh, Bray Wyatt actually dresses as Sister Abigail um, on the Titantron. It's so bizarre. Uh, he actually uh, shows that uh, she still, she still exists. She's still real. Uh, she's still within him. And uh, like I, he's talking normally, and then I think the lights flicker, and when they come back, he is sister abigail uh he's got like this um veil and uh like white painted face and um yeah it's very very strange i remember people thinking and saying i really hope he doesn't come down to the ring in drag at tlc i really hope he doesn't come down as uh sister abigail 
Um, but of course, he, he he fell ill, and so uh, we never we never got that. No, I, I that would be such a great question to ask him. What would have happened at TLC? What was the plan for Bray versus Finn? That would honestly, it would be so interesting, so interesting, because um, yeah, he, he might have been Sister Abigail. So that's why he attacked Finn. That was his first opponent, so that he could finish what never ha- was finished before. So yeah, really, really interesting stuff. Um, what did you think of the puppets? I thought they were uh, interesting. Um, I will say this though. Uh, I think I might be going out on a limb here. I felt more Pee Wee's Playhouse vibes than Mister Rogers vibes, and I'll tell you why. Because they had a word of the day. Mister Rogers doesn't have a word of the day. Oh, Pee Wee's Playhouse it? does. Was Mr. Rogers' word of the day sociopath, though? <laughs> no, it was not. He didn't have word of the day. Or, or just... Pee-wee. I've got to be honest, right? I've never seen Mr. Rogers, right? Now, I don't know if this is going to upset people. I genuinely do not believe it made it over here in the UK. I, I've, never, I've never seen it. I've never heard of it. Um, just when people were talking about Mr. Rogers... I obviously went onto YouTube just to check out a clip and I could I could then see I didn't need to watch any to see the comparisons. So um but I have seen Pee Wee's Playhouse uh when I was younger, of course. So um that came out that might have been on like Nickelodeon. I can't remember. I can't remember what channel it was on, but it did come over. But we never we never had Mr. Rogers. I mean, was Mr. Rogers like a sixties thing anyway? Mr. Rogers ran from like the sixties to two thousands, maybe. Did it? Yeah, it was it was good stuff. So, I watched it growing up, so it was in can I ask the. Ask you a question. What's up? Okay, right, we're just gonna we're getting real brief. We're gonna step away from wrestling for a second, but I've said this to Tommy before. I'm really, really interested in exploring the fact that I'm sat here in the UK and Tommy is sat there in America. So if ever I think of like a specific American question. I'm I'm sorry, I'm taking the opportunity. <laughs> so I have got I have got a specific American question. When you grew up, was one of the biggest kids' shows, yeah? Sesame Street. And the reason why I ask this is because it was on here in the UK and you could tell it was it was American. Like, it was too well done to be British, in all fairness. Like it looked really good. There's no way we're making anything <laughs> of that quality. Right? So it was too impressive to be British. So uh, as a kid, I, I would watch it, and I'd be like, "Yeah, this is cool." But for some reason, it was never. It was <laughs> never like, "Yeah, this is cool." This is Where's Rugrats? So you could you could tell you could tell that it was it was cool and it was impressive and it had a big budget and it had a big bird, yeah, and it had all of these big things. But uh, for some reason, I just don't think it was that big of a deal. But even as a kid, I knew, wow, this this must be what this must be what the kids watch in America. This must be the the, the big key, the kids show, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So my question is, was it for me growing up? I I did watch it, but it wasn't like level of Barney or something like that. And wow, Tickle Me Elmo was huge. The Tickle Me Elmo toy. Yes, that's big here. I kind of feel like. At my time, uh, growing up and stuff like that, Teletubbies was probably more popular than Sesame Street. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, same. I mean, that was English. Yeah, that's why I mentioned uh, it because you guys got that. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. <laughs> the baby. Yeah, head. I mean, the baby head in the sky. Yeah. I saw uh, I saw a picture of her the other day. She's proper grown up. I mean, she would have. Of course. <laughs> Could you imagine if she was still a baby? <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She's proper grown. She is grown up now. Um, wow. We should have her on the pod. Uh, we should have her on the pod. I bet you know what? I bet she's like made for life. Yeah. Like if you if you was the Teletubbies baby, well, I wasn't expecting this conversation on a Firefly for now podcast. But if you was the Teletubbies baby, you are made for life, aren't you? People are going to be talking to you. Like all podcasts are going to want you on. Yeah, she does um, have a cameo. Mm, well, if you if you are watching slash listening, hit, hit us up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the uh, yeah, I'd say Teletubbies was huge. I would say, um, I mean, for me when I was growing up, I was all about Thomas the Tank Engine. Not, uh, do you know what? True story. I watched one of the new ones the other day. It was on TV. And I actually thought to myself, what's it like these days? And it's all like um, computer generated these days. The voice was no longer Ringo Starr, right? Bummer. Because uh, yeah, um, So he was no longer doing the voice. It was all computer generated. He was in India for some reason, which I've got no problem with. But um, I didn't understand why he was there. I think he was. I think he's going around the world at the moment, or something. I'm not sure. But he is huge now. He is huge. Thomas the Tank yeah. Engine is everywhere. Yeah, I think everywhere. there's like a Thomas the Tank Engine theme park near where I live. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen ads on it on like local channels and stuff like that. So it's I, in the I, state. I loved it as a kid when I was growing Same. up. I grew up in the eighties, and uh, it was a um, it was a proper train set. It was yeah. it was like properly filmed and everything. Like it wasn't. I mean, it clearly wasn't going to have been computer generated. So uh, yeah, I love that. And uh, did you ever see Fireman Sam? I did not know. Uh, you should check it out. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. <laughs> Get down on your list of things to do this weekend. Check out Fireman <laughs> Sam. Is uh, is a fireman from Wales. And uh, he's a good guy. He's a blooming good guy, Fireman Sam. So, yeah. yeah, big fan of him. I used to watch Rainbow as well, which is about you, Ed. And a uh, little program called Button Moon as well, which was awesome. So, yeah, I mean, those were, as when I was really young, Those that's what I watched. And then you had this, like, American show. Do you know what I mean? That you could tell was a big deal, but I don't know. It wasn't landing with me. So, so I've always wondered if Sesame Street was, like, oh, everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so i just don't think it was here in the uk so can we bring it back to firefly (sighs) but i love segues so we've talked about children's shows and i said i didn't really feel like mr rogers so i presented peewee's playhouse i'm also going to present blue's clues because i got a lot of steve vibes from him especially with the child noises and cheers and stuff like that that's not present on mr rogers mr rogers was just like jazz piano vibes there was no jazz piano. And I, I'm getting yeah. kind of deep here, but I feel like it was a mishmash of a bunch of things. But I feel like the top two tier were Pee Wee's Playhouse and Blue's Clues. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd, I've seen a bit of Blue's Clues, so uh, I can definitely see that. I can definitely see that. I think um, I think he said that Rogers, maybe Pee Wee were uh, definitely influences um we still don't know i mean it's it we've got to mention the fact that um there's two sets there's a big set which is the 
eight episodes that you will have seen those original mm-hmm. ones but then there's a backstage set that kind of can travel around wherever they are and it's literally just like one of the walls uh and it's got like uh some pictures on of the wrestlers that he's attacked he calls it his wall of friendship i believe um and uh obviously he's got like a table in front of him but it's just it's everything that can pretty much fit into one shot uh not like that big wide shot you know in the mm-hmm. big ball set so um he does have two sets uh seth Rollins managed to burn down the set he actually we saw seth enter the the set that travels around and um there was a lot of people that were very confused saying well if it was all in his mind how can seth go in and burn it down and people were like well did seth get into his head or like what what actually happened? so again you know there's a lot of theories uh, I, I i can't give you the answers to be honest i mean i feel like the set that's the small backstage set i feel like that's a true physical set i feel like whenever they show you the big main set i still feel like that's meant to be within his within his mind because he always says let me in and we've never really known what that means but at wrestlemania we got the firefly funhouse match and uh what this was was i don't think really what many people were expecting it to be um i think people were expecting it to be john cena versus bray wyatt in an actual match but it wasn't that way john cena walked out at the performance center kind of looking around going well where is he and then all of a sudden he appears inside of the full set firefly furnace not the backstage one but the full set one so straight away that says to me that this is all happening mentally this is all happening within the mind either bray's mind or more likely john cena's mind and um john walks through the door the door that's inside the fun house and then um like uh, things get weird like uh, all of a sudden then he confronts his history basically he can basically it's him confronting his fears his fear of failure and his fear of turning heel it's, it's john cena facing himself in many ways that um that's kind of the story of the firefly furnace match um and obviously at wrestlemania when it was john versus bray wrestlemania 30 bray was trying to get john cena to become a heel he wanted him to hit him with the chair because that would be cena kind of turning to the dark side yeah and he never does it cena never does it in the match but during this firefly furnace match he does finally swing at bray bray again gives him the chair and gives him the opportunity one more time to hit him and this time cena does go for it um and uh it's quite it's quite interesting i mean it ends with like cena disappearing in the ring and we still haven't seen him in wwe since i'm of the belief that this happened within his mind and i'm of the belief that this um it very much is uh going to result in him being a heel now so yeah very 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 interesting stuff did you see that i only saw the nwo clip you only saw the nwo clip oh yes yeah with all of that that was quite interesting um dan spivy i really want to talk about dan spivy because dan spivy is uh very important um dan dan spivy is uh someone that's was a wrestler in the 80s and 90s he actually teamed with bray wyatt's dad uh in the uh tag team called american express 
in 86 and 87. Um, he also uh, teamed with The Undertaker, Mean Mark Callis, as The Skyscrapers uh, in 1989. If you actually go to Clash of Champions 10, you can actually see Legion of Doom, a.k.a. Uh, the Road Warriors. You can actually see them taking on Undertaker and Dan Spivy, right? Um, obviously, Undertaker is called Mean Mark Callis. Um, so uh, Dan Spivy would then join WWE, and he would join them as Waylon Mercy. Uh, and Waylon Mercy was like a cult leader, and uh, he had a catchphrase of, uh, do you know what I mean? And uh, actually, Bray Wyatt even says that. He even says that in the funhouse. He actually says, do you know what I mean? I think it's Mercy the Buzzard that says it, actually, which, again, just kind of added more uh, to the theory that Mercy the Buzzard is Waylon Mercy. It's based on that that person. Um, and Waylon Mercy actually helped break him up with the Bray Wyatt character when he was in developmental. So um, there's a real history. They spoke to uh, Dan Spibby and said, look, would you be interested in coming in uh, and being Bray's manager? And he was like, yes, I would love to. Like if WWE would let me, um, then I would love to because what a story. I was in a tag team with his dad. I was in a tag team with The Undertaker. I helped break him up with his character. Like if he, when he faced The Undertaker at WrestleMania 31, it made perfect sense. And it would make perfect sense again if um, we get the rematch, and surely we will. I mean, there's a couple of people that Bray has got to face. He's got to face The Undertaker to avenge that loss at WrestleMania, and he's got to face Randy Orton because Randy Orton joined the Wyatt family, basically broke it up from the inside, burnt down the compound, and it was Randy that took the title from Bray at WrestleMania 33. So I would say those two are the two big feuds that still need to happen at the time of recording uh, for Bray Wyatt. And of course, Bray Wyatt now has got The Fiend. So uh, it's, it's, it, it's interesting stuff, man. It's really, really interesting stuff. I'll say this. I My first question right away was like, why do people like this? And I get it now. I'm going to sound a little dumb but it's definitely a more intellectual side of wrestling uh more in depth and you really need to give a lot of time so i have another question for you do you think there's the type of thing where they um because they don't really require uh, wrestling per se for the the fiend matches like the john cena do you think there could possibly be a fiend versus sting Oh, well, this brings us to some very relevant news uh, because there was meant to be Legends Series 7 figures coming out and uh, Sting was part of that lineup. Uh, so it was going to be Sting, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Bobby Heenan, Razor Ramon and um, Mattel have only just managed to get the graphic out for the pre-orders. And there's only three figures that are on that graphic. And everyone's asking, where has the Sting figure gone? And Mattel have come out and said, at this time, we're not able to uh, sell uh, Sting figures. So there's big, big question marks as to what's going on with Sting and the WWE right now, because it's not believed that he's under a merch contract. It's not believed that he's under a Legends deal. And actually, Zack Ryder broke this news as well the other day. And uh, attached to the Zack Ryder tweet was Cody. Uh, Cody from AEW just put that simple gif of Cody yeah. listening out like this. 
just having a little like very interested that Sting is potentially a free agent. So um, there's a few rumors around at the moment that Sting is out of WWE and could very much be AEW bound. Have you so talked to you about is, Dave Meltzer? I, 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 yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was on the blower today. Uh, got on the blower today. Uh, he said, uh, "How did you get this number? Please stop calling me." And uh, <laughs> uh, and I said, "I love you, Dave. I love you. Can you please rate this phone call out of five? Uh, and uh, he gave it six stars, which I still think is cheating. But um, yeah, no, he he doesn't. He hasn't said anything yet. He doesn't." I don't think seemingly he knows what's going on, but um, I, I've got to be honest. I think right now my dream of seeing Undertaker versus Sting is not looking great, and I don't think Sting versus uh, Bray Wyatt is uh, going to happen either. Unfortunately, but yeah, it would have been, been great. It seems like the the one way to get him back in the ring, you know, can have a body double because it is more cinematic than a, a normal wrestling match. So that's certainly, but. Maybe AEW can do that with Darby Allen or something. Yeah. Yeah. I like Matt Darby Hardy. Allen. Uh, Matt Hardy. Yeah. Matt Hardy's um, uh, over in AEW at the moment. Isn't he doing, uh, I mean, we haven't seen like any uh, deletions or anything like that yet, but um, obviously very, very early doors. And plus also what with the world in the state that it's in at the moment, you know, we don't it's, need it's, deletions. It's, we don't need deletions. You're absolutely right. We need additions. That's what we need. The only thing that, we need that. deleted is COVID. Add, 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 add. <laughs> <laughs> but why has no one took that yet? If there's any wrestlers watching this, feel free to take the new ad chant that uh, that we're, the Wrestling Escape Pod are bringing. Add, add. <laughs> if Matt Hardy ever does a delete to me, I'm doing that right back at him. So... Uh... <laughs> Uh, look, I mean, look, we could talk forever, but uh, I can see that we're uh, we've been rambling rabbit in a way for a little while. There's there's tons, obviously, there's absolutely tons. I knew this was not a subject we could cover in an hour, so undoubtedly we're going to have to return to it. We're going to have to because we haven't even touched, we haven't even scraped the surface. We've hardly spoke about the, the puppets or anything, yeah. You know, um, but I think we have kind of touched on what the puppets are. We've touched on like some of the key moments. We've touched on the history. We've touched on the fact that it is a little bit deeper than you know what 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 it first seems. Uh, we've touched on the deleted tweets. We've touched on what happens when he first returns. We touched on the Firefly Funhouse match at WrestleMania. I think we've covered a fair bit. I think we've covered a fair bit, but there's definitely big things that we still need to discuss. So, if you are listening, then uh, let us know in the chat. Let us know in the comments. Uh, what you would like to see us explore in regards to the Firefly Funhouse next time. Um, as we said, you know, the uh, the Fiend character itself, I think, is very, very interesting. We know what the mask is based on as well. And uh, who knows if we're going to see other characters added to the Wyatt uh, family, to the Firefly Funhouse. So it could be very cool. I, I personally would love to see Bo Dallas join. I really would. Bo is um, Bray's real-life brother. And uh, seemingly hasn't really got anything going on at the moment. Uh, he was in the B team with Curtis Axel, but Curtis Axel got released. So uh, it'd be really cool if they could find something for him. And uh, how interesting if they were to uh, put him with Bray. For mm. mm. anything uh, final that you want to chuck in to the For some reason, I keep waking up at like five or six. And it's the type of thing where it's like, 
I don't know why. So last night I was like, yo, I'm going to be super smart. I'm going to stay up late. And then this morning I woke up at six. And I was just like, uh, <laughs> I played myself so bad. Wow. So that backfired. <laughs> Yeah, very much. As always, got to give a shout out to my Apple Podcast bros, and I—they are one hundred percent men. We have zero women listening to our audio podcast based on the analytics, so it's all men. Oh, really? To all the Apple Podcast males. Guns out, guys! Guns out over on Apple Podcast. Oh, next yeah. week's episode is going to be about chopping trees. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for the boys. And crying. Oh, that's that We're going to talk about crying. Yeah. What? Crying. Because guys what? should cry too and cut trees. And lift well, at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you got you to gotta have the juxtaposition of being both Listen. strong and weak. Tommy, if ever someone told me I had to chop down a tree, trust me, I would be crying. <laughs> Uh, right my friends thank you so much for listening whether you're listening if you're one of the boys over on uh, Apple Podcast or if you're one of the uh, men or women that join us uh, over on YouTube shout out to uh, all of you don't forget to jump over to Tommy Toy Travel's uh, account Uh, drop a subscribe over there if you haven't already triple T uh, if you go on the YouTube channel, you can actually find a selection, uh, a banquet of uh, some of Tommy's finest cuts. Uh, so if you uh, click on that, then that will take you to his channel. Uh, drop a subscribe over there because we're trying to get Tommy up to 100,000 subscribers. We're on that road, baby. Wow. So close yeah. yet so far. Oh, no, we're edging closer. I'm, we are edging I'm, closer. So I will delete make- the channel at 98,000. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, guys. Thanks a lot for watching. And hopefully see you again next time. Bye for now.